0: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 272. Hi, I'm James Whittaker, author of Think and Grow Rich the Legacy. Your legacy journey starts right here. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my good friend, Jeff Brown.
1: We look at our boss and we say, what can we do to serve our boss today? What can we do to to, to make, make the day of our supervisor? It changes the way we see him or her, and it opens up doors of opportunity that we've been closing ourselves.
0: Hi there, and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast, a podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. I'm Jeff Brown, and this episode releases June 18th. 2019. And I mention that because six years ago yesterday, I was released. I was let go from the last job I've ever held. And it was six years ago next month that this podcast would launch. So if you've enjoyed the show for any length of time, you might call that job loss a blessing in disguise. Read to Lead has certainly been a fulfilling project for me. And because of all that's come out of it over the years, I have been able to remain happily unemployed ever since. If you're new to the show, you need to know that I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will help you narrow this reading list and also bring you key insights and valuable ideas from what I consider to be some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. Inspiring certainly describes this next guy. We'll sit down in a moment with Brian Dixon. He's the author of the book, Start With Your People the daily decision that changes everything. I plan to ask Brian to share about what he's learned about serving and identifying your ideal client, how not to neglect those most important to you at home, help for dealing with difficult people, I think that's something we all need, and much, much more. Now, it's not often that I feature a book here on the show that's not yet out. That is the case for this book. In fact, it's not yet out for several months at the time this episode is being released. It comes out September the 10th, but it is available for pre-order right now. Best place to go get it is on Amazon, and I highly recommend it. There's a link in the show notes for you to grab it right now. Brian Dixon is a podcaster, conference speaker, and business coach, and he believes that each of us was made for a purpose. He is passionate about helping authors and speakers and aspiring messengers create a sustainable business through growing their platform and creating compelling online courses. He is the co-founder of Hope Writers, a membership site of over 2,000 working writers. And he's also the author of the forthcoming book available for pre-order right now called Start With Your People, The Daily Decision That Changes Everything. I consider him a friend and I'm excited to have him here. Brian, welcome to Read to Lead.
1: Jeff, I'm so honored to be here. I can't wait to serve your people today.
0: If you're a part of Read to Lead University, my online book club, you can thank Brian because (laughs) it was some advice I got from him and a friend, Andy Traub, a few years ago that actually helped me get that launched and off the ground. So thank you, Brian.
1: You're welcome. I'm honored. Absolutely.
0: Well, when when I first read the title of your book, I had it in my head that it was going to be strictly about employees and culture start with your people but it's mm-hmm. it's a bit broader than that isn't it and
1: I'm okay with that. I think I think for those that are authors, and I assume a number of people that, that listen to Read to Lead are, are authors or aspiring authors, one of the hardest decisions to make is how do you title your book? Like how do you encapsulate <laughs> 55,000 words into 12? You know? Right. Like that's so difficult. And so you're going to take a you b you're gonna make a bet, right? And you're gonna you're gonna have to risk being misunderstood. If somebody thinks that start with your people is about employee morale and team culture hey, that's great. Because the reality is team culture affects our family. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. What's the team culture of our family? What's the team culture of how we serve our clients and, and how we run our one-person entrepreneurship business? So mm-hmm. yeah, hey, team culture affects all areas of
0: life. You mentioned clients. What, what have you learned uh, over the years, Brian, about about serving your ideal client?
1: Well, you got to focus on the center of the bullseye, you know, that, or the center of the target, that bullseye, that, mm-hmm. that you know, that, that 100 point, you know, right in the middle. I, I really do believe that you start with one particular ideal reader. So literally mapping it out. Mm. You know, for example, I've worked with a friend and mentor, a, a mutual friend, Dan Miller from Forty Eight Days, and 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 we looked at his membership site and said like, who is the ideal member? Mm. So we came down. You know, it's it's a forty five year old male who is in a job he doesn't love. He's thought about starting a side business but hasn't taken action on it. But he listens mm. to a ton of podcasts on on starting and growing your business. Mm. So being having clarity, having customer clarity, really focusing on one ideal client, what happens is you attract other people too because you speak so specifically to one person Mm. that somebody else listening might say, well, I've already started my business, but what you're sharing about how to start it well actually impacts me too. Or I'm an employee. I'm, I'm not thinking about starting my own business, but some of what you're saying about serving your people well actually impacts me, too. So it doesn't scare people away from doing business with you. It actually attracts more people when you focus on only one person.
0: Mm. And, and I love what you say, too, about those of us working a traditional job, that our boss yeah. is our number yeah. one client. Why do you say that?
1: Oh, isn't that awesome? I That <laughs> took me a long time to to figure out. Mm. I, I have messed that relationship up <laughs> more MRI. than I've done well. You know, what I do, Jeff, is because I'm sort of like a go-getter, right? So I would always think about Not how can I impress my boss, my immediate supervisor, but how can I impress my boss's boss? Mm, You know, mm. how can I impress the founder of the company? And what often happened when I was uh, trying to achieve my goal of like my next promotion or, or my next opportunity with the founder, with the CEO, what was actually happening is I was unintentionally embarrassing the person right above me or making them look bad. And what I what I realized the hard way is that my ideal client my client, my number one client is my boss, the person right above me. My goal is to help them win the day. And when I help them win the day, then of course they're going to refer me to m- m- to more opportunities. Of course there's going to be opportunity for more income by serving my boss well. So I intentionally use the term boss mm. because I think we we don't like that term in our culture, <laughs> you know. Our boss is actually the gatekeeper of our dreams. Mm. And so if we look at our boss and we say, what can we do to serve our boss today? What can we do to, to make the day of our supervisor or, or our employer or whatever name you want to use, but I'm just going to use the word boss. It changes everything. It changes the way we see him or her, and it opens up doors of opportunity that we've been closing ourselves
0: Mm. In the midst of all this, Brian, as we're, we're seeking to discover what we're meant to do, how, how can we be sure not to neglect those that mean the most of us? What, what advice would you give for making sure that those at home don't get lost in the shuffle?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's really easy to do. And, and, and two, two relationships that we can often take for granted, right? One of them is with our spouse or a significant other. And here's, here's the truth. Your spouse is not your kryptonite. <laughs> she or he can be your superpower. Mm. Because, you know, as a person of faith, I I really believe that God reveals things to your wife Mm. or to your your spouse that he doesn't show you because he wants you to be united. Mm. And so when I don't ask for Julie's feedback and Julie's advice. That's when I've made some of my biggest mistakes. (laughs) But when I take the time to say, hey, Julie, I'm thinking about launching this coaching program, or I'm thinking about saying yes to the speaking opportunity, or I'm thinking about calling the book this, what do you think? Just to show her the respect and honor to listen to her opinion, A, it draws us closer together, but B, she often has an idea that's better than mine because it's really hard for us to read our own label. Mm. And who better to read our label than our spouse who gets (laughs) to see us 24 hours a day? Um, Mm. And the second key relationship is our kids. You know, I have three little kids, three, six, and nine. You might even hear them outside of my home (laughs) office right now. And my kids are not my liability. They're actually my legacy. Mm. And when I look at how... Am I setting the tone of my home? How am I creating an environment where I'm helping them to think bigger, to achieve more, to, to grow up in an entrepreneurial home to know that you know readers are leaders? Literally, Jeff, you'll appreciate this because because <laughs> you know this is read to lead. My first grader came home from school, I think it was in February a few years ago and said I hate reading. Oh. And it was at that moment as a former educator that I knew we needed a homeschool. Mm. So his second grade year, he spent at home. And Julie and I agreed, the only outcome of spending a year homeschooling him, which is not easy, is that he becomes a reader, a voracious reader, mm. a lover of words, then, then it's, a, it's success. Mm. And that's what he is now. He's going into fourth grade, so it's a few years later. He reads, so, like, he reads more than I've ever read in my life. And it's because we took the time to see the vision of a preferred future. Who is it that we're trying to help him become? And we know that reading is such a foundational skill to being a leader. Mm. And so in both of those relationships, if we look at them as they're not getting in the way of us trying to do our entrepreneurship dream, or they're not getting in the way of us trying to finish that big project for work, Mm. but actually they can be a catalyst to everything we want to accomplish. It really changes the way that we see them.
0: I love uh, the comparison you make between uh, uh, you, you included gravity and sports uh, to having kids in the book. I just loved how you, how you tied that all together.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You know, every, every sport that we love to watch, it depends on gravity. You know, mm. without gravity, there wouldn't be touchdowns. You know, without gravity, <laughs> there wouldn't be three-pointers. And so in the same way, when when we have kids, and I know this as a young dad, the gravitational pull, my axis of my world shifted. Mm. And and often, I, I've just heard this in entrepreneurship circles, you know, having, having a mastermind with a bunch of guys at a conference and they're talking about how it's so hard to be a dad because I hate traveling 'cause I hate being away from my kids. Well here's the thing. That limiting constraint, my 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 friend Michael and Smith, she calls it a lovely limitation. You know? <laughs> (laughs) The fact that your kids limit your opportunity, which is true, like let's just be real. They do limit your opportunity because you don't want to travel seven days a week. Mm. You know, you don't want to be away from them. Uh, They cost a lot of money. They take Mm. a lot of time. Like they are a limitation. But what if you looked at that constraint as a focus filter, right? It's Mm. the, uh, what is it? The um, Parkinson's law and Pareto principle. Mm. You know, if we apply Parkinson's law, which is the amount of time a task will take is equal to the amount of time you allow that task to take. Mm. Listen, if you only have five hours hours to write that blog post because you've got to put your kids to bed or you've got to or your kids are going to wake up it's going to take five hours (laughs) if you had 40 hours it would take 40 hours but if you if you only have 30 minutes you're going to do the best you can with what you have in 30 minutes Mm. so Mm. it's actually an opportunity to kind of clarify what's important by having those limitations
0: Mm. and what do you mean brian when you say that that our friends are our secret advantage Oh, I love it. Well, we're talking about masterminds, <laughs> mm-hmm. right?
1: The idea that I can have an idea, but then my friend Sean and Ryan and Henry and Jared, mm-hmm. I can bring the idea to them. They add their idea to that idea, and now the idea is better than it ever was on my own. Mm-hmm. That's the concept of the mastermind. And you go back to to Ben Franklin or Napoleon Hill or so many other people that have talked about this you know in in the past and the idea is when when we put our minds together we create this mastermind right we create mm-hmm. this better than ourselves right we're better together than we are, are on our own and so your friends are are such a strategic advantage for you right they can be your they can be your secret superpower mm-hmm. because they can look at you and and they they can relate right they know what it's like to be married they know what it's like to have kids they know what it's like to have dreams and and they can look at you and say, hey, Brian, this is one thing that you could do a little better, or here's one opportunity that you might want to pursue. And what often happens is we uh, we don't share, like we don't share our dreams with our friends. And then also we don't go to them for help. And mm. and I've had some really, you know, writing a book opens you up to a lot of conversations you don't normally have. Mm. And so I asked my friends, like, if you could quit your job, what would you do? And to hear hear their dreaming for the first time mm. and then to be the friend who believes in that dream, who to say, I played soccer yesterday with a friend who who goes to my church and he's like, you know what? My dream would be to quit my job and start my own business. So every time I see him, I'm like, man, I'm cheering for you. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I can do to support you? We can support our friends in accomplishing their dreams and then we can celebrate the wins together. That's the kind of life Mm -hmm. I wanna live.
0: I need you to support me in my dream to buy an RV and (laughs) go full time on the road.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know what I do is I just connect you to another friend. I'd say, you know, Ashley Logston and I have created a course called 90 Day Family Road Trip, and she just walks you through a process of how to do that, you know. But you didn't know that until you mentioned it. And so there's something about, Jeff, what you just did as a great example for the listener right now Mm -hmm. is you took a risk by stating it, and you even laughed when you did it. And that's what we do, right? We, we put down our dreams, we, we kind of uh. joke about them. But if we're honest with ourselves, all we need to do is just state it. Just say, you know what I'd love to do is I would love to speak at the Catalyst Conference. Like, that would be a dream of mine. I'd yes. love to speak from that stage. I love the people that show up at Catalyst. I love the kind of topics they talk about. And by me mentioning that on this podcast right now, there's probably somebody who knows somebody works at that conference. <laughs> but for me to mm. b- be bold and step out in faith and say, you know what? I'm going to speak that out. You just never know how that opportunity is now going to present itself, but you had to speak it out first.
0: Well, what have you been able to learn over the years, Brian, about dealing with difficult people?
1: Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> this guy, I call him Melvin in the <laughs> yeah. book because I didn't want to use his real name. Yeah. But we all have Melvins in our life. Mm. We all have people who just rub us the wrong way or just if it, it actually feels like they're intentionally sabotaging us. I, I I was in education, Jeff, for 14 years. So I was a I was a school teacher. I was actually teaching digital production, which like we made podcasts and we made magazines and, you know, we we'd make videos and it was a great gig. It was uh, teaching eighth graders, ninth graders and 10th graders digital production. And this guy who I call Melvin in the book was the guy who was in charge of ordering all the equipment. So he, he had the opportunity to either help me achieve and help me win and help me serve my kids well by getting the right technology for our classroom, or he could sabotage that and not order the right equipment and not get it installed and set up and and often he was he was choosing to sabotage Mm. you know Mm. what i was trying to accomplish and sometimes it can feel like we have people in our life that are doing that they're going to they're going out of their way to get in our way (laughs) and the reality is we're going to always have people that are like melvin we're gonna have people that are difficult people in our life Mm. Uh, and so I, i take a whole chapter to talk about it in the book and the the thing is what i've learned is that melvin's will always be around right we'll always have a difficult person we'll always have that one person that see at that conference and go like, oh, he always talks about himself or <laughs> he, he or he leaves me negative reviews. Like, what did I even do to hurt him? You know, and and I actually think the obstacle is the way you know, <laughs> to quote Ryan Holiday. Like, I think the answer is working with and not against. And the truth is somebody loves Melvin. Like there's somebody on his home (laughs) team, you know, he's married or he's got some kids like somebody looks up to him. And if we took the time to get to know him and to see what makes him tick and what ticks him off and tried to work with him Mm. instead of work around him or work against him, it actually changes everything us. It Mm. might never change him, but it changes the way that we approach him. Uh, I tell a story in the book about a Melvin that I had when I was in college, you know, it was a a fellow classmate and she was so irritating And one day I overheard her talking about how she loves yellow tulips. And I'm like, I have tried everything with this lady and I cannot get along with her. And so I'm coming home one day, passing a store, a flower shop, and I saw yellow tulips in the window and I went and bought yellow tulips and I put them in her mailbox with an anonymous note and she never knew I, I gave her the tulips. But because I had this secret, because I helped her and, and, and gave her something that she wanted, it actually changed my impression of her. Mm. And we actually became friends <laughs> as a result. So difficult people are, they are difficult. I'm, I'm just acknowledging they are difficult. But it doesn't mean that they have to be difficult forever. Right. Mm. That there is a way to to help them win the day, to see them from a different perspective. And it it actually changes us. And in turn, they don't annoy us as much.
0: Fantastic advice It's one of my favorite sections of the book. Uh, Regarding uh, questions specific to the book, I have time to ask you one more. Uh, And so I'm going to give you your choice. Profitable purpose or mirror manifesto. Oh,
1: I think they're so related. So (laughs) let's talk mirror manifesto. Okay. So here's the thing. If you could start every day, you have to look at yourself at least once in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting your, you're getting your hair ready for the day or you're (laughs) brushing your teeth. Like you're going to look in a mirror somewhere. What if you could have this little card, you know, just like a little note card that you, you stick like right in your mirror and it showed you your mission for the day, your mirror manifesto. The reason why, like, Who is Jeff for and what does Jeff do? OK, mm-hmm. that is actually going to help you clarify your profitable purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mirrormanifesto.com. I've got a series of videos. It's a free little kind of workshop that you work through. Other people have called it like your who and do what or your purpose statement, your mission statement, your value statement, whatever you want to call it. Napoleon Hill and in, in Thinkicuriti would call it your definite chief aim. So this is not something new that Brian Dixon invented, but I do have a really simple process to walk through. If you had this little card that you would look at as you're getting ready in the morning and you remembered... This is what I'm good at. This is who I help. This is how I help them, both free and paid opportunities. This is what it leads to for them and for me. Mm. Jeff, it clarifies your whole day. I look at my day and I go, okay, I know I'm here. I know who I'm serving, and I know how I can help them. And it gives me the confidence and clarity that I need to push through Monday.
0: Mm. Uh, I first saw Brian share the Mirror Manifesto at a conference last year, and I was delighted to see it included in the book. The way you lay that out, Brian, uh, is as clear and as helpful as any version of that that i've seen so thanks for that
1: absolutely my pleasure
0: i have maybe time for one or two questions not related to the book but before i ask those brian is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we walk away with
1: you know i think okay so so here's a concept that that um i think is becoming more popular but but i i kind of summarized it in a way uh, that i think will really help people so imagine if like when you get a new device, you know, you get a new software application or you or you get a new TV or something like that. Like we're at a point now where we start reading the manual. Like I think because there's it can be so complicated now and there's so many like advanced features. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole trend of like unboxing, <laughs> what, what unboxing is basically doing is it's showing you all the features. Mm-hmm. It used to be a, a source of pride to say I don't read the manual, but I think now, 2019-2020, reading the manual is actually a really good thing cuz you you discover these these easter eggs, right? These these hidden features you didn't even know that mm-hmm. that this device had. And in the same way, imagine if everybody in your life, your boss, your spouse, your your best friend, if they had a manual that you could read. Mm. And the truth is they do, but you have to go write it. And so we do this for all of our team members, our employees at our company, but also I do this for my coaching clients as well, is I have them take four tests. I have them take the Colby K-O-L-B-E, uh, which shows how you work. Mm. I have them take the love language assessment, which shows how they receive affection and encouragement. I have them take the strength finder, the Clifton strength finders, which shows like what you're awesome at. And then the Enneagram, which shows you how you see the world. And if you know those four things, how people work, uh, mm. what they're great at, how they receive affection and encouragement, and then also you know what they're great at and how they see the world. If you know those four things, it changes your marriage. It changes how you see your boss. It changes how you see a team member. And so, you know, reading their manual, creating and, and then studying their manual can actually really change the way that you see the people in your life.
0: Well, I normally ask for a few books, but I'll limit it to one in the interests of time. Uh, recommend one book besides your own uh, that yes. has had an impact on you and share maybe how or why it impacted you as it did.
1: Oh, uh, there, there are so many. Um, you know, I, I tend to talk in, in business circles a lot, um, but I like to share more uh, personal relationship books because I think mm. that if we get right with people, then that leads to purpose. It leads to profit and it leads to practice. Mm. So. I would rather share something about how to improve our relationships because it changes how we work with people, right? So, I you know, I'm going to I'm going to go uh, out on a limb and, and recommend something that your your listeners probably haven't read, but it made such an impact on me mm. and it's called Loving What Is. Mm. It's a book by Byron Katie and and Byron talks about basically when we see a difficult person, when we're working with somebody in our life or we're married to a difficult person, <laughs> to love what is, and to and she has this four-step process in the book, which is great. But basically, learning to turn it around and, and take the expectations, right? Because expectations are, are essentially a, a broken promise that we made for someone else mm. on behalf of someone else. Mm. And often what happens, especially in entrepreneurship, is we have expectations of other people that they're not even aware of. Mm. And we feel like they broke a promise, but they never even made the promise. (laughs) So that book is something that really opened my eyes to the expectations, unfair Mm. and unmet, that I'm putting on other people.
0: Mm. Great advice, Brian. Uh, I'll end with this. As a successful speaker, I've had a chance to see you speak a couple of times and have enjoyed your talks immensely. Uh, What are some of your tips for delivering an impactful and memorable public talk?
1: I love it. Go, okay, go on the second day if it's a 2-day conference. Mm. Never go first. <laughs> because what I do is I spend the first day talking to as many people as possible. Mm. Like I'll hang out in the hallway and I want to know where you're stuck. Mm. You know like what like what would I actually ask this question to conference attendees all the time? Like what would be one takeaway that would open doors for you or where where are you really stuck mm. if if you learn one thing that you got helped in one way, what would make it worth The whole flight, the conference ticket, the meals, the investment of being away from your family, what would make it worth it? And they often know, they say, Mm -hmm. you know, if I could just know how to grow my email list or if I could just know how to clarify who my reader is, that would Mm -hmm. change everything for me. And then that night, usually let's say it's a Monday, Tuesday conference, Monday night, I'm not going out and hanging out with people. I'm redoing my slides (laughs) I want to make sure that what I deliver on Tuesday is exactly what those people in the the room need. And I use specific examples. So from the stage, I'm literally saying, I was talking to Jeff yesterday, and Jeff said he needs this. So Jeff, this is for you. Mm. And I was talking to Sally, and Sally said she needs this. So Sally, this one's for you. And I think the more that we can personalize – this is true – podcasting speaking coaching whatever the more we can personalize it for a person it's going back to that the concept of having that ideal reader Mm. center of the bullseye if i if i can use three or four examples of real people in the real actual room Mm. then i know it'll impact even more people so that's my number one uh, speaker tip is show up be be there early stay the whole conference Mm. over invest in people you never you never regret over investing Mm. in people
0: And that's a nice transition to remind you that uh, the book title is Start With Your People, the daily decision that changes everything. His name is Brian Dixon. Brian, it was a treat having you on Read to Lead. Uh, I'm sorry it's taken so long, but thank you so much for, for being here.
1: Jeff, I'm so honored.
0: For the link to Brian's book, the book he recommended, and for ways to connect with Brian online, you can visit the blog post specific to this episode. That can be found at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 272 for episode 272. If you enjoy the Read to Lead podcast, it would mean a lot if you'd share it. Tell a friend who you think might benefit from it. Send them to readtoleadpodcast.com. If you've got feedback, questions, or comments about the show, feel free to write me directly. That's jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I hope to see you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead.